You're listening to More Than a Song, episode 230. and welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. At the end of last week's episode, I indicated that I would be using a different song to jump into scripture, and indeed I will, but heading into a vacation uh, this coming week, um, actually I'll be on vacation when this episode um, is released, I realized I needed to dig into the archives and pull out a greatest hit of sorts and use my lounging by the lake next week to work on a brilliant episode for the following week. So one of the first songs I ever used on this podcast has woven its way into the fabric of my memory. You know, almost like that old song that when it comes on, you know exactly where you were and what you were going through when you used to listen to it. Well, Mandisa's song, Overcomer, is like that for me. But when I pulled it out of the archives, I was a little more than embarrassed by the audio quality difference of episode four. And also, I guess my skill level, I don't know. I'm re-recording the content for you. Um, Additionally, while I have always used Bible Interaction Tool exercises, I call these habits bites for short, clever, right? I've always used bites in my Bible study time. I really started labeling them bites as the podcast as the podcast progressed. So I went back through my notes and classified better which bites I used. Anyway, I guess I haven't gone back and listened to the first episodes in a while. And I tell you, it's kind of like looking at an old scrapbook and kind of asking yourself, why did I cut out all of my pictures with deco edge scissors? (laughs) Or wondering how that haircut was ever cool. So uh, while I definitely think I've honed my craft over 230 episodes, God's revelation still surprises me each week, and I remember what he taught me way back in episode four, so I can't uh, wait to repackage it for you this week. So in this episode, we will take a deep look into Mandisa's song, Overcomer, and since this song has been playing since 2013 and still pops up on the radio from time to time, you've probably heard it, but as always, I have links to the music video, the official lyrics videos in the show notes, and all of that good stuff, so you can head over to michellekneesat.com forward slash two three zero. And then while you're there, be sure to subscribe. You can get an email notification every time I post a new podcast. And then I've also created a one page resource of my top five bytes that you can start using in your own Bible study today. So when you're at the website, just uh, send me your email and I'll send that one page resource directly to you. So let's jump right into this episode. We learned in episode two that there are trials that we encounter that may actually be good and perfect gifts from God to help us grow and develop endurance. And if you are willing to go way back into the archives, you can listen to that one again. But we live in an imperfect world. We live in a world full of people and circumstances that are contrary to the original plan of God. And the, the world has barriers to keep us from the loving relationship that God desires to have with us. And there are many things that act as obstacles in our lives that we need to overcome. And this idea leads us to this week's verse, which is in 1 John 5, 5. Who is it that overcomes the world? 
only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. And so this week, we're going to go dig a little deeper into the words found in this verse and the context around it to really understand if you can boldly claim the words of this song. Again, let's look closely at the question that John, who is the assumed author of this letter, uh, let's look at the question that he's asking. Now, I refer to John as the assumed author because there are actually only two books in the New Testament, Hebrews and 1 John, that are not signed by the author. And so I did a little research using the bite of consulting outside resources, and I found a pretty in-depth and thorough article that leads us to believe that 1 John indeed was written by John. You can refer to the same outside resource. You can read the whole article by clicking on the link in the show notes. Just be confident that we're pretty sure 1 John was indeed written by John. So back to his question. John is asking, who is it that overcomes the world? His answer Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Well, I want to be an overcomer, but what exactly am I overcoming by believing that Jesus is the Son of God? Or if we go back to our discussion from just last week in episode 229, where we talked about believing into Jesus... Well, I'm going to use the Bible interaction tool exercise of conducting a word study. Now, my favorite way to do this is through the website BibleHub.com. You may have other resources, and that's great. You just look up the verse in BibleHub.com, and you can either click on the interlinear. It says I-N-T on my desktop to see the verse broken down into individual Greek words, and then you can click on that word. Or while you're on that main screen, when you first look up the the verse off to the right, there is an area that says, see the verse in context. And you can actually, those each word is like a live link. So you can merely click on the word and it will bring you to the summary page of that word. So when I click on the word world, okay, so we're going to come back to John's question, who is it that overcomes the world? Well, I want to know what's the world. So I find out that it's the Greek word cosmos, K-O-S-M-O-S literally translates the world. Uh, And so I'm sure you're actually familiar with the English word that comes from it, cosmos, C-O-S-M-O-S. But what does it really mean? Well, and just like in a word in English could kind of change, the nuance of the meaning could change depending on the context. In this context, the word world means worldly affairs, more specifically the riches advantages, pleasures of this world, which although hollow and frail and fleeting, stir desire and seduce us from God. And they are obstacles to the cause of Christ. What a profound statement. Okay, so the world, um, just in in a summary, the world can be defined as obstacles to the cause of Christ. Or another way to look at it is the incentives to sin. So who is it that overcomes the world, these incentives to sin. So I love this idea that we are overcomers of obstacles in our lives 
as there are many, but most specifically, not the troubles that cause us to grow and mature and develop endurance, like we talk about in episode two when, we, when we're in the book of James, but those obstacles that incentivize us to sin, not just troubles in general, but the troubles that lead us to sin. So let's talk about those obstacles that incentivize us to sin. These are described as temptations in the book of James. Um, I'm sorry, I said episode two, I meant episode three is when we talked about uh, the book of James. And remember that when you're being tempted, do not say God is tempting me. This is James chapter one. God is never tempted to do wrong and he never tempts anyone else. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions. And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. So again, these incentives, these uh, obstacles that incentivize us to sin, these temptations are those obstacles. And I'm talking about the hollow and frail and fleeting desires that are implied in this world, this word cosmos or cosmos translated world. Now, the ones that feel good, but aren't good, right? So we see them every day in the TV shows we watch and then even on the news and all that, the cheating, the cheating on our taxes, the cheating on our spouses, stealing from our workplaces, from others uh, through dishonest gain, the lying to ourselves, to those we love. These are all obstacles uh, that we can actually overcome. Those are temptations. But what about the obstacles in our lives that the enemy intends for evil, but God intends for good or can redeem for good? You have the enemy on one side who's the accuser. That's one of the names given to him, an appropriate one, really. And then you have God on the other side who's our redeemer. So even if you take a wrong path, or head a wrong direction, he can redeem those steps or buy those steps back uh, for you or from you to allow you to overcome obstacles in your life. But I'm also thinking about obstacles that come upon us through no fault of our own, just because we live in a sinful world and, and things like sickness are prevalent. You know, I'm talking about hard times, emotionally or financially, sickness, difficult relationships. These things can break us down and devastate us and they can also incentivize us to sin or pull away. Everybody's been down, hit the bottom, hit the ground. Ooh, you're not alone. Just take a breath, don't forget, hang on to his promises. He wants you to know. When researching the story behind the song, I found a video and I've uploaded the link to, sh to the show notes. Uh, Mandisa is talking about what she was thinking about when she wrote this song and who she was thinking about and some of the songs, other songs on the album as well. And she specifically talks about her struggle with weight loss and a friend who got breast cancer when, while she was pregnant. These are big obstacles that can lead us away from God or straight into his arms. And I'm sure you have your own obstacles that are burdensome and weighing you down. I think of like one of those really big heavy blankets laying on you at night. You just feel like you can't move. It just makes you weary. But I want you to be aware that we have an enemy. We have a very real enemy. And the enemy wants to paint a false picture of God in our hearts. He has been playing that game from the beginning, by the way. Just read Genesis chapter 3. Just just one through three, just three chapters into the story of man on earth and see that Satan is already questioning God's intentions and planting seeds of mistrust in the heart of man. 
Uh, on episode three, we played an opposite game. I have talked about the Bible interaction tool exercise of considering the opposite. So it's really a bite to consider the opposite of something to understand the something that you're trying that you're really examining. So if I say mistrust, if we're going to talk about mistrust, the opposite of mistrust is trust. And uh, mistrust is the opposite of trust. It's the root of disbelief toward God. And while doubt is not a sin, unbelief is. And I want you to understand that mistrust causes us to attribute evil intentions to God, accusing God of not having our best interests in mind or that his interests are not wholly good. And who in the Bible is called the accuser, but Satan himself. He's the enemy. The Israelites did this over and over and over and over and over again in the Old Testament. At one point, God even asks this question in Numbers chapter 14. How long will this people despise me? And how long will they not believe in me? In spite of all the signs that I have done among them. When we mistrust God, that was Numbers 14.11, by the way. But when we mistrust God, we are treating him with contempt And we are treating the very God who has given everything to save us with contempt. And I know why, because we have an accuser in our ear talking to us about these burdens, about these obstacles, about this sickness, about the difficulties that we really need to overcome. And he's accusing God of these things. And that is the root of disbelief, mistrusting that God has, um, that his intentions are good. So again, our very sin nature, the enemy of our souls, tough times, all of these things lead us to mistrust God and all of these things of the world, right, can be overcome. But how and why? How and why can we claim this for ourselves? How can we say we're overcomers? Well, we claim this for ourselves if we believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And just like in our verse, John, 1 John 5, 5, this uh, brings us to the context of our feature verse, that 1 John 5, 5, because context for this verse is everything. All right, that's my favorite bite. Um, if you've been listening at all, at all long on the podcast, you know that context is my favorite bite. Context might just be reading the verses around where you're reading, the chapter before, the chapter after. Of course, in this case, I want you to read all of 1 John. It's very short. It's one letter. You would never read a paragraph of a letter and put it away. So read the whole thing. But when you're really studying the context, it's just a few verses around our little feature verse. So when I go to the beginning of this letter from John again. It doesn't say it's from John like we've seen in other places. It does talk about how the author is writing about what he himself has seen. And it says, and we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. And then if I jump to the end of the letter, I see in verse 13 of 1 John 5 that the author is writing to those who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. Now, some of you listening may come from a background that taught you that you can't know that you have eternal life. Well, I think it's pretty clear here in the Bible that you can know, all right? But I think I would be remiss if I didn't really talk about how, because this promise that we can overcome is only for those who believe. It's only for those who are followers of Christ. And I long for you to be a follower of Christ. So let's read those context verses. Everyone who believes, I'm, I'm in 1 John 5, verses 1 through 5, and then I'm going to read verse 13. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of him. By this, we know that we love the children of God when we love God and obey 
his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. Now, verse 1 tells us that everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. We must not just believe that Jesus is or that he existed. We talked about this last week in episode 229 when we jumped over to uh, John 3.16. But we need to accept that he is the Christ or the Messiah or the Savior. And more specifically, that I believe that he's my Savior. That who, who needs a savior except those who need saving from something, and that something is sin. Romans 3.23 teaches us that we have all sinned and fall short. All of us. I have fallen short. You have fallen short. Your pastor has fallen short. The person you hold in the highest regard and the one that you hold in the lowest regard, all of us have sinned. And scripture also teaches that God gave his one and only son, That whoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Just like we learned last week in episode 229. We need to start there by admitting that we've sinned and we need saving from our sins. And then we must believe that Jesus is who he says he is and accept his gift of salvation. And remember, believe. We talked about believing into last week, but belief is having faith in or trust trust. Now we're back to this idea of trust. And one of the biggest things to overcome is is mistrust, right? One of those big obstacles that we need to overcome is mistrust. Finally, another area of scripture tells us that we need to confess with our mouths, with our out loud words that Jesus is our Lord. And if you confess with your mouth, that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Romans 10, 9 through 11. It goes on to say, For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by confessing with your mouth that you are saved. Okay? As the scriptures tell us, it goes on to say, Anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. There we go again. Trust. We've got to believe. We've got to believe into. We've got to remember we take our trust away from ourselves and we put it into God. We talked about that on on last week's episode if you want to check that out. Um, But we're back here to this trust. It's as simple as A, B, C, right? Admit our sin, believe in Jesus, and confess with our mouths and we will be saved. So let's go back to our verse and the context of verses right around it, because God has not only saved me from something, but for something. He saves us from our sins and has saved us for obedience. Now, we're not just exchanging one burden for another, like the burden of sin, and we exchange that for a burden of obedience, because this scripture teaches us right here that his commands are not burdensome. But here's what I don't want you to miss. Our faith is... In Christ is what leads us to be victorious overcomers. So if you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, please don't wait. You can do it right now. Remember, we just went over it. A, B, C. Admit you're a sinner. Believe in Jesus as your Savior. And confess with your out loud words that you are accepting his free gift of salvation. And you will be saved. Now, because of Christ, you 
are an overcomer. So belt it out with confidence and know that you are not alone. He is holding you. So if you put your faith and trust in Jesus today, or if you've ever put your faith and trust in Jesus, you can boldly belt it out with Mandisa. What's next? Well, I encourage you to dive into the context around 1 John 5, 5. It, 1 John, it's only five chapters. It's chock full of amazing, life-changing truth that will begin to change the way you think. You can read 1 John in one sitting, and it's a great place to hang out in all week. And then while you're in God's Word this week, let me know how you're doing. Email me, michelle at michellekneezat.com. Hop on Twitter at michellekneezat or Facebook, Michelle L. Nizat is my public page. Let's talk about what you're learning. Now, before I tell you what song will be featured next week, which of course I told you last week, but I want to thank the premier Christian music streaming service, theoverflow.com for pointing their subscribers to this podcast, but more importantly, pointing them to God's word through music. So when you subscribe to their trial, you will receive a 10 day series of devotions I wrote based on some of my most popular podcast episodes. So I encourage you to check them out at theoverflow.com. And I want to thank my newest subscribers to my website, like Renee from Illinois, Diana from Louisiana, and Jedediah from the Philippines. Welcome. Now, new subscribers to my website will benefit from that one-page resource of my top five bites that I mentioned earlier. It's a great place to start. And then web, uh, subscribers will also benefit from an email that I send once a week. And in that email, you get a weekly memory verse resource to display on your smartphone, tablet, desktop, or you can print it out. You also get an email recap of the week's episode, and you get instant access to any of the resources I create for my episodes from time to time. And all of that is just my way of saying thank you for listening. So head over to michellekneezat.com to subscribe today. And there are so many different ways to listen to the podcast these days. We are now featured on Joy 103.1 every Saturday at 10 a.m. Eastern and always on Spotify or through Stitcher Radio. And you can also subscribe in iTunes. And if you go over to iTunes while you're there, would you please leave me a written review and a star rating? I would really appreciate it. This not only encourages me, but helps me stay visible to new listeners. And as always, if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will be using Resurrection Power by Chris Tomlin to jump into scripture. And if you liked this episode, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellekneezat.com forward slash 230. While you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, Take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.